0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: The name I gave my child is only mine and my way right to change alone. A
2: fundamental principle of the English language. No teacher should be in the business of keeping secrets of sexuality, gender. Is now a source of tension. In Wisconsin public schools, my child is my problem, and I have the right to know what is going on. As pronouns have become a lightning rod for conflict,
0: you have lives in your hands
2: over gender identity.
0: Teachers won't be having conversations
1: about sexual identity with our kids at all. We'll clearly make our schools less inclusive and less safe for LGBTQ students. This
2: week on Open Record, this is clearly a political stunt. The politics of pronouns. I preferred name and a pair of pronouns do not harm anyone at all and parenthood I'm the woke. Stay strong. Walkie Shaw strong. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Pulson, and I'm joined this week by Open Record's executive producer, Sarah Smith. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Brian. And we are also joined by Fox 6's Brett Lemoyne. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brian. We are recording this episode on Thursday, January 19th, 2023. About four months ago, the Arrowhead School District approved a new policy that requires parental permission before school administrators or staff can change the name or pronouns they use to refer to a student. In December, the Muskego, Norway school district voted on a similar policy change, which they formally ratified earlier this week. And last week, the Waukesha school district approved a so-called parent bill of rights, which, among many other things, includes a new policy requiring parent permission for name and pronoun changes. Brett, I know you covered the controversy surrounding this issue in Waukesha. Tell us a little bit about how that went and, and what you learned there.
1: Yeah, well, Brian, what I learned is that this is a hot button issue with people that are very passionate on both sides of it. Um, And what I learned really in speaking with both sides is that um, both sides really want what's best. For their children and what they think is what's best for their children and um caught in the middle of that are these school districts throughout uh, really throughout the the this whole country uh but specifically as we as we talk about our region um ha- have been kind of caught in the middle in terms of developing policies around uh specifically pronoun usage we know this waukesha is not the first
2: community to to address this they're one of the early ones to say parents have to give permission. How did this come about in Waukesha? Why do supporters of it say that they think this is necessary?
1: Well, it's been brewing for a while now, um, kind of bubbling under the surface if you go back and look at uh, some of the beatings that have preceded uh, last week's decision. But ultimately, uh, there are some parents in the district who feel as though uh, that there were decisions that were being made or could be made uh, without their consent. And so this quote-unquote bill of parental rights, as we've kind of dubbed it, uh, basically addresses The parents role in their child's education and what they have access to the materials, the curriculum, um, and then also how their own children are being addressed by teachers and staff within the school district.
0: So, you know, you said you talked with both sides and obviously there are both sides, two sides to every issue. So the supporters, you know, say it's necessary. Now there are critics to this, uh, you know, proposal also. So what kind of harm do they say? could happen for LGBTQ students.
1: Yeah, and that's a great question, Sarah. And, um, you know, we've, we've spoken to a number of parents who have LGBT students in the Waukesha School District. And what they tell us is that, um, you know, they're not necessarily concerned about their own children because they're aware of their children's gender identity or sexuality. It's really, um, the issue is the students who don't have a supportive household um, that can understand the complexities of, of um, you know, gender identity and sexuality uh, and be open and, you know, not necessarily uh, accepting, but at, at the very least, um, opening and aware of uh, the the needs of these particular students. And so that's really where the the parents who've spoken out about this and the students who've spoken out have really kind of been advocating for the students in this case that don't have a voice.
2: I should take a, a quick step back just to make it clear what it is we're talking about. Because if I understand, you tell me if I, I have this right, Brett, the way this policy in Waukesha will work is if you have, these are students, as you said, who uh, are maybe not ready to come fully out to their families, um, but feel safe enough at school to tell teachers or to have the school or, or, you know, classmates, whatever, address them by a different pronoun that, uh, that, that, that doesn't match maybe the gender they were assigned at birth. This may be a situation where they feel comfortable doing that at school or want to use a different name than the name they were given. They want to do that at school. They're not ready to do that at home. This policy, if I understand it, says... We're not going to do that at school unless we have permission from the parents at home. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct, Brian. Um, and, and it's not necessarily just the the parents um, or students who, you know, are are open and, um, you know, have adopted a pronoun that's uh, indifference to their birth sex. Um, but it, it also would apply then to, you know, those students who are, uh, they would still need that written permission from a parent in order for any uh, faculty or staff at their school to address them by their chosen pronoun.
0: One big component I think in all of this too is the mental health of some of these students. Um, and so one person that you had talked with, um, with Rogers Behavioral Health, what are some of the mental health concerns that that he talked about?
1: Yeah, doctors really have a, a, a concern about this in terms of mental health, Sarah, because as they point out, LGBT students uh, have a a much higher rate of suicide uh, and substance abuse than their cisgendered um, peers. Uh, And so that is really one of the issues. And one of the the doctors that we spoke with for our reporting, uh, you know, had indicated that they see... People all of the time, LGBT people who were not able to be out uh, and to be them their authentic selves um, during those formative years, for example, in high school, and as a result, it manifested in tragic ways often, whether that be alcoholism or, sadly, suicide. Um, you know, down down the road, um, but it it is something that mental health professionals are definitely concerned about. I watched
2: the, the parents who spoke, so the videos of some of the parents who spoke at the Waukesha meeting and also uh, in some of these other school districts. Many times you'll hear from parents who are supportive of LGBTQ students, but who say, you know, I, I would support. They don't. My kids don't need my permission if they want to go this way. On the other side, you have parents who are very passionate who say, that's my child. I have every right to know what's going on but they don't have students or, or, or children who are in fact, or at least who have come out uh, as LGBTQ. So what I'm wondering is, do we have any sense, and I think probably because a lot of this isn't so, uh, for the people who are struggling, it may not be out in the open. Do we have any idea in, in practice how many people this is going to affect? Or is that part of the mystery here is you just don't know. And that that's what makes it so challenging.
1: Well, Brian, I think that is kind of part of the mystery here. You know, we really don't have an idea of how many Um, You know, LGBT students there are in the school district of Waukesha. And obviously, there's no way of knowing how many closeted uh, LGBT students there are in the school district. But yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, I did reach out to the school district because it had been, uh, as of yesterday, a week since um, the school board had taken up this issue. And I asked a spokeswoman for the district uh, if they had any idea how many parents had submitted their written approval to the schools uh, to allow their students to be identified by, um, you know, a a given pronoun. I've yet to hear back, but I think that would really be telling in terms of how many students this uh, potentially impacts.
0: So this isn't just a Waukesha thing. Um, We talked about Kettle Moraine, um, talked about Muskego, Norway. So what are some of those um, districts, How are they handling it?
1: Well, very similarly, um, you know, that they are also requiring um, parental consent. But, um, you know, if you take a step back, there are school districts throughout the country that have taken even stricter measures in terms of you can only be identified by. Um, you know, the, the gender or pronoun given to you at birth, regardless of parental permission, you're saying regardless. Yes, exactly. Regardless of parental permission. So, um, you know, like I said before, it is a flashpoint, uh, in society right now, um, you know, that ties in so many different elements. Um, parental consent. It ties in religious beliefs, um, societal norms. It, it, it's it's just uh, something that is is creating a a huge tug of war uh, within school districts across the country.
2: I know, Brett, you talked in your report about Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, which is actually suing uh, some school districts in Wisconsin who kind of went the other way on this. In fact, I think one of the earliest was the Madison School District, which uh, implemented essentially the opposite policy. And that was students in school who uh, feel that this is a safe place where they want to be called by another pronoun or a different name. Their policy is that they will not inform parents that that is the case. Will is suing over that. I'm not sure if it's the same issue in some of the other districts, maybe Kettle Moraine and I think one other. Do you know, it, it, are, are these essentially the same thing? Are they suing from the other side effectively?
1: Yes, uh, Brian, they have four open lawsuits right now throughout the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Eau Claire, I believe, is is the other one that you, you did not mention. But uh, yeah, and, and essentially they're saying the same thing, that parents... Um, should have the right uh, to know everything that's going on in their son or daughter's schools. And one of the examples that an attorney for Will used during uh, my interview with him is, hey, you know, you need a permission slip to go on a field trip, right? You need a permission slip sometimes to watch a certain movie, um, that's used as, for educational purposes in, in classrooms. You need parental permission to join an after-school activity or a sporting activity. And so their argument is it shouldn't be any different um, when it comes to information that is told by a student in sometimes in a confidential manner to their teacher that that should be shared with the parent, that the parent should not be kept in the dark, so to speak. I think about the fact that we have some districts going
2: one direction on this issue. We now hear of a few other districts going in the complete opposite direction on an issue that, as you said, is a flashpoint. It's extremely emotional. People are passionate from whatever side they are on. But there doesn't seem to be any real clear guidance right now coming sort of from maybe the state or even federal level. I wonder, do you get the sense, Brett, that this might be the kind of thing that ultimately gets settled uh, as a legal matter that there's a sort of a line drawn one way or the other legally because it, it's I, I get the sense that other districts that it, it, it can't be that other schools in the state aren't dealing with the same issue. They're going to be they, they must be. But but where's the guidance coming from on, on, the, on the best way to go for for the best policy.
1: Sure. And I think, um, you know, reading between the lines, I think that's kind of the goal that Will has with their lawsuits is to kind of open this up to a more uniform um, policy and procedure um, throughout the state uh, so that, you know, we're not dealing with this on a district-by-district district level, but, uh, you know, as you mentioned, yeah, th- this is something that every school district really is is dealing with in one way or another. Um, just last year, Wauwatosa, which is, um, you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of uh, comparison to Waukesha or Arrowhead, for example, um, you know, they adopted a, a, a pretty um, quote-unquote liberal um, uh, policy when it comes to their sex ed curriculum. Um, that addresses gender identity as early as third grade. Uh, and we saw a lot of parents that came out, um, you know, in, in, in speaking either for or against that policy when it was presented to their school board. So, yeah, as you said, this is something that's that's really not going away and is being addressed in, in school districts um, through and through. So
0: some of the parents that, you know, we were talking about earlier that spoke in favor um of this in Waukesha, say that this all kind of snowballed because of these recent school board elections, and we know that that elections have gotten more politically divisive, um, and a lot of it, you know, is kind of bubbling up, and so. Is this sign a sign of something that might be happening in other districts as elections happen with you know various school boards?
1: Well, I think, Sarah, it underscores uh, just how important um, these local, you know, quote unquote, small elections are, um, even at the school board level, that these are individuals that are making huge decisions. Um, that impact your children and your children's education. and while yeah the the school board um, seats are are nonpartisan um, you know we know that they are that certain candidates are backed by um, you know either liberal or conservative groups. Um, and certainly in in Waukesha we saw um, a, a more conservative slant um, to, to the candidates and to the issues, um, for the last round of, of school board elections. And, um, obviously, um, you know, that does come into play as much as, um, you know, the school districts don't want to, um, sound political or or get involved in the politics of this. It's just a, a fact of reality, um, you know, in every in all aspects of our lives, um, really. So it's, it is kind of unavoidable. But um, yeah, you're right. This issue has crept up in that.
2: Well, and, and, and we say this issue, the, the issue of pronouns or names is only one of many that sort of uh, float around this area. I mean, I think you uh, had talked in your report that the Waukesha, the so-called Bill of Rights here, doesn't just involve that. It involves things like the Use of bathrooms It involves, you know, whether students, uh, uh, you know, transgender students can play in the sport uh, that uh, they, they of their identity versus the sport they were assigned at birth. Uh, uh, the WIAA does have some some guidance or some rules on that, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And and you do have to, um, you know, participate in the sporting activity um, that aligns with the your birth sex, uh, and so. That was that was kind of a, an easy line, I think, for the, the school board to draw because they just relied on WIAA's um, previous guidance and, and rulings on on that issue. But you're right. Bathrooms are another one that was in um, this this um, issue that the, the, the Waukesha school board took up last week. And it also you know requires parental uh, permission. Um, But it takes it a little bit further in terms of then the superintendent kind of has to sign off on a case by case basis and make sure that, um, you know, all other students rights are being protected and and everyone is staying safe um, when when you're using um, the the facilities in that manner. But it's important to point out um, that, you know, the school district uh, in Waukesha wants their schools to be safe. And accepting and open to all students, you know, they made that very clear in in that, um, you know, we we keep referring to it as the the parental bill of rights, and and more or less that is what this is. Um, but they 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 stated that quite clearly, and you know, it should be known that once you do get parental permission, there's not really an issue here, you know, um, that the the students then, um, you know, if it if it's a trans student or a non-binary student. Um, they are able to be identified by you know the the name or pronoun of of their choosing um what's also interesting here brian is i asked will uh right you know who as we've already stated is has been kind of behind some of these these issues um throughout the state you know i asked the the um attorney for will i said what is will's position on a student who does get permission um, and who does want to be identified in a in a in a different way, and they said um, that they are in favor of that. That they they're in favor of that as well. If if that is the student's choice, if that is the parent's choice, and if they have you know consulted. Um, You know, I guess whether or not they've consulted with, um, you know, health experts or their doctors or mental health experts, um, I guess, is is secondary. But if this is something that the parent wants and the student wants, that will told me they're supportive of that.
2: One thing I think is clear here is there is a uh, somewhat of a culture war that is really taking place in our schools right now. And there's a lot to be figured out in districts all across the state.
1: Well, that's also correct. And, you know, one of the other things that's in this um, this issue in Waukesha is even library materials. Right. So parents um, can know what books are available to their students in in um, their school libraries. Um, So, you know, it does take things um, uh, to to uh, a, a kind of a new level. Um, when it comes to, you know, what parents um, know and what they, um, you know, maybe previously hadn't known um, about what's taking place inside their schools. But, you know, Brian, I mean, when you take a step back, right, you also have to think, well, this is, this just pertains to uh, staff and uh, activities and, and curriculum and learning material, right? But the fact of the matter is, I mean, there are LGBT students, whether there are five or 500, right? There are LGBT students um, in these schools and it's, it's a matter of, um, you know, how do you make them feel uh, accepted and safe uh, just like any other student there?
2: And that's a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual and have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And of course, we have Sarah Smith to ask us that question. What do you have in store this week, Sarah?
0: Oh boy! Today we're heading to the kitchen, uh, which I, I know I talk about food a lot on this one. Um, okay, so this tweet came up, and I looked at it and I went, "Huh, that might be a question." Um, think about your silverware drawer. So pull it open <laughs> and don't look at it. See it. <laughs> okay not your junk not your junk utensil no, drawer, no this is that's just, a yeah. different drawer okay so you pull out your silverware drawer we probably all have those little dividers right okay mm-hmm. looking from left to right what is, what silverware so the tweet that oh, i read order. said yes okay. the order of it so left to right this tweet said spoon fork knives Nine psychopath is literally no. the exact
1: opposite yeah, so no. i go
0: knives on the left
1: yeah i have knives on the left and i've got forks in the middle and then spoons on the right
0: yes same
1: so
2: this is going to sound crazy, but so my, my, my wife and I, it's a second marriage for both of us, and the house we moved in, so we're we you know we're pooling all of our stuff, right? So we, we have a drawer that was built in where someone had actually built in wooden dividers, like not a little plastic tray, but so there's a big area. So we thought, why throw out any utensils? There's lots of room here. So we have butter knives on the left. <laughs> then we have forks that are all mixed up from different kinds of forks. And then we have spoons, but then we have... Steak knives and other kinds of odd shaped knives and paring knives and things like that. So it really cut your
0: fingers with? It bookended
2: with (laughs) knives. Uh, And then the
1: forks and spoons in the middle. All of our sharp objects are in the butcher block Yeah, because I don't trust myself. Me
0: me neither. (laughs) If I'm digging in there, digging around, I'll just chop all my fingers
1: off. I will
2: say that I've been awfully careful about reaching into that sort of sharp knife side because, you know, if you're in a hurry when you're cooking and you just reach in there, that's when you, you end up in the urgent care. But it hasn't happened yet. Knock on wood.
0: I do have two slots, one for tall forks, like big ones, and then one for like short forks.
1: A dessert fork.
0: Yeah, if you will. Perhaps. (laughs) Or for someone with small hands.
2: (laughs) Part of why I laughed when you first said it is I thought you were going to say, like, how organized is it? Because if you look at ours, I, I'm oh. pulling the stuff out of the dishwasher. The forks are just thrown in there like, uh, like you know, bicycles on a lawn in the summertime or something. <laughs> as long as they're clean, that's all that matters.
0: That's true. That's right. Except, except how often there are little, like, crumbs uh, in that thing. I'm like, you how does what? that happen? Every like, that's so, so gross, often, gross to me. Every so often I pull them all
2: out of there to see, <laughs> and, and then you find yeah. crumbs, and you think, how did that get in there? Uh, you know, <laughs> I pulled it
0: right from the dishwasher. I put right. it in there. Gross. <laughs>
2: Well, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss on open record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. Brett, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, including, of course, executive producer Sarah Smith and our amazing editor. Happy birthday, Dave Machuda. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you do your podcast listening. I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week.
1: Look around. You can find cars like these on Autotrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Autotrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.